This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. The reigning American League Division champions head into 2020 with their sights set on bigger things. This is the show that keeps you plugged into that pursuit with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And here's your host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome. Once again, it's Chris Atterbury with you. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, and boy, do we have stuff to talk about this week, the Hot Stove Show is brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer. We'll be awarding a Killerbrew Root Beer prize pack from our What's Brewing uh, competition last week, a little bit later on. Miguel Sano stopped by. That was actually yesterday, the day that he uh, announced the signing of his extension with the Minnesota Twins. We'll hear from Miguel. And Derek Falvey is actually here in studio with us on what has been a very busy week. So whether you're joining us uh, on Facebook Live, across our fine network of stations, or whether you're podcasting us later, uh, welcome. And if you are joining us live, we encourage you to check out the podcast later for some bonus material. Sometimes Derek has an answer that's just so good and so long we can't <laughs> squeeze it into the 30-minute show. So busy week for you, my friend. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Normally we do a little news and notes uh, and kind of the news of the league and of the team, um, but we're going to kind of intersperse that with you because you are heavily involved in all of the news and the notes. And the biggest news uh, in terms of the Minnesota Twins is something I know you can't talk about. Uh, the uh, purported arrival of Josh Donaldson, who makes this, uh, if and when he gets here, a substantially better baseball team. He's a dynamite player. The bona fides are there. All the numbers match up. He's got an edge to him as well. You are not permitted to talk about anybody who has not passed a physical and therefore is officially under contract, so I won't put you in that spot. Uh, but just in terms of your stated goal to pursue impact players and how that has gone, uh, talk uh, as much as you can about how you feel about that process uh, from where we currently sit. Sure, and I, I appreciate that uh, preamble, Chris. I know it's a, a, these are realities uh, that we deal with, but I, I would say that uh, you know, our goal, our stated goal at the front end of the offseason was to improve this team, and, and that, that has been uh, our mission every day since uh, since the offseason kicked off, and I feel we really had a chance to do that. You know, Early on in the offseason, getting someone like Alex Avila, uh, who's a tremendous teammate, great fit for us, uh, fits really well with our catcher group, really complements guys like Mitch Garver and Williams Estadio as a left-handed hitter, uh, add add a player like that early on. Then you know from there, add some some pitching some pitching to our team, uh, bringing Sergio Romo back, uh, having a chance to add Tyler Clipper. These are veteran guys toward the back end of a bullpen that already uh, at the late stages of last year really pitched well for us. You know that doesn't even include bringing back the guys like Jake Odorizzi and Michael Pineda, who who were part of this group uh, pretty early on. So I was I was excited about what we were able to do and what we were able to accomplish accomplish early. Uh, we have had tremendous support from ownership and from uh, from Jim Polad, from Dave St. Peter and our group around trying to find ways to continue to make this team better. And I can tell you that um, that's, what we're do- that's what we're doing. That's what we've done over the last week. Uh, we'll, we'll add more to that. Adding Miguel over the next few seasons and his contract we view as 
that dovetails right in. We're trying to build this not just for the now, but for the future. And uh, I, I can tell you that I'm excited about the club we're going to have going into Fort Myers this spring. And again, uh, perhaps in a week or so when physicals have been conducted, we can talk in more detail about how some of that money is going to be spent for the Minnesota Twins. Two guys you, you didn't mention there, but I know are part of this whole offseason uh, mosaic, Homer Bailey and Rich Hill. And we haven't had a chance to speak with you specifically about Rich Hill, uh, another Massachusetts guy, so yep. you guys speak the same language. <laughs> uh, but his game plan of essentially being healthy midseason at some point, it's almost like you have a deadline acquisition already waiting to join your Absolutely. Club. You know, and getting into both those guys, and um, certainly didn't want to skip over those two. I figured we'd chat about them a little more directly. You know, uh, in, let me start with Homer a little bit. Homer was somebody who uh, has really been a successful pitcher at different times in his career. He's had some ups and downs, dealt with some different injuries, but when you look at his second half of last year in Oakland and what he did, this guy was a really good pitcher for them down the stretch for a playoff team that ended up in that wild card game. Uh, and th- that's a, you know, that's that wasn't easy to do, to make the change that he made, the pitch mix change that he made and we saw that split really come and be a, an excellent secondary pitch uh, utilizing his fastball in a way that he hadn't before he was excited you know he had a chance to talk to Wes Johnson when we were recruiting him in the free agent process he was excited about the potential that we can build off of that going forward so uh, I think I think highly of Homer and what he'll he'll bring to our staff in Rich Hill you have a guy that when you really look at it when he's been on the mound in the last three to four years this guy's a top 10 to 15 pitcher in the game and and when he's been pitching he's dealt with injuries certainly and he's, he's definitely at an advanced age relative to, to players on the field um, or his peers in the group. But I will tell you that when he's on the mound, when he's pitching, he's a bulldog competitor. Uh, he's a guy who's really reinvented himself, faced some serious adversity uh, in his life uh, in, in terms of getting released and going independent ball and even off field uh, you know, with, with his family um, and, and, and having a, a child pass away at one point. So like, he's gone through so much in his career, in his life. This guy has a lot of lessons. He can teach young players. He'll have an impact in that clubhouse even before he's pitching on the mound but when he's on the mound and when he's healthy as you just said it could be viewed as somewhat of a deadline acquisition hopefully sooner than the deadline who can really impact us at the top end of the rotation yeah Pineda and Hill eligible to and healthy enough to, to join you mid mid-season as it were at some point uh in the middle of the flow uh and with Hill obviously the the issues with the injuries knowing that he won't be healthy to pitch until the season has already commenced does that mitigate that a little bit for you, that you're not looking to get 33 starts out of him? You're looking to get maybe, I don't know, 18 to 20? Yeah, I, that's the way we structured the contract. And in, in talking with both Rich and his representatives, um, we, we, we talked about what would be responsible. I mean, our hope is, our hope is that we have Rich Hill pitching really well for us late September into October when we're playing fall baseball. That's our goal. Uh, and I think that that's, if we keep that goal in mind and we recognize that if it's an additional couple of days or a week or some period of time on the front end where we think being a little more responsible uh, in the early stages because we aren't targeting one specific date for him to show up uh, is going to be the, the plan. We need to see how he progresses through his rehab. Everything's gone great to this point, uh, but we haven't really progressed into the full throw stage yet where we know exactly what the timeline is going to look like and how he's responding but we've set it up in a way that we hope he's he's pitching for us sometime in june and then uh some point along the way it continues to ramp up those innings again it's the twins hot stove show brought to you by killebrew root beer and uh rumors of course reports of josh donaldson four years biggest free agent signing in the history of the minnesota twins Derek Falvey in studio, not permitted to speak on anybody who has not yet actually passed a physical and signed a contract, so we won't be getting into any details, uh, but you are smiling. You seem to be in a very good mood. Uh, lessons in terms of uh, you've now been through this free agent 
pursuit of players for several years being in charge, which is different than when you're part sure. of the staff. Um, lessons learned in terms of, of, of patience, in terms of uh, reading markets, in terms of how some of these things play out? Yeah, great question. Um, a lot of lessons learned every offseason. And uh, for those listening at home, I, I think even for fans, you know, a lot of lessons learned over the years. Uh, back when I started in baseball, there was a lot of uh, a lot of activity at maybe the GM meetings in November. And then ultimately by the winter meetings, a lot of activity had kind of wrapped up. And once you got to January and you got to the equivalent of Twins Fest for any team, uh, you kind of knew where your team was. And, and that was the end of it all. That's just not true anymore. You know, the, the free agent season has gone much later. I think uh, we, maybe more than any other club, have experienced some of those late, whether it was Marwin Gonzalez signing in spring training last year or Lancelin the year before. You know, We've had a lot of uh, acquisitions late in stage. Or Jake Odorizzi, I remember trading for when we were in spring training and just about to kick off. So uh, I would say this, that uh, everyone needs to be a little patient, <laughs> recognizing that uh, we all want activity right away and you want to know what's going to happen uh, tomorrow. But I've learned that... Uh, from my seat, you have to just be patient and you have to find the right opportunities to have those conversations. Certainly there are times to strike and we've done that at those moments in time uh, from really early on in an off season at different junctures to even as late as you can possibly go when you're already playing games in Florida. So that's just part of it. Uh, the one thing that always comes back to me is you assume, I always did as a fan, you just you could buy you could buy your way, throw money at, at, at any player and eventually if the pile got big enough you could get them. And I just don't think that's true. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that because I think that players, uh, what goes into a decision, it's it's much like anybody's decision in their life. You know, there's not just the financial parameters. And when you're talking about free agents and, and especially some of the guys at the higher end, uh, they have a lot of choices. They have a lot of choices to where they want to live, where their family's from, maybe where their wives are from or, or some of the other uh, additional pieces to this. And uh, we're talking about pretty significant dollars and investments and, and guys are, are set up really well, for obviously financially financially uh, through those discussions, though, a lot of those things do come up and, and some of those things are in your control and some of them aren't. And uh, I think at the end of the day, certainly the financial parameters are a big part of the discussion. But I will tell you that my, from my experience, you asked the question about since I've been in this seat and, and in charge, I've learned a lot more about that aspect of it. I think it's changed the game. Derek Falvey is our guest. And again, he can't comment on players until they have signed their contracts, which means you can certainly talk and emote a little bit about Miguel Sano. He was in this studio yesterday, smile almost as big as his necklace. He was so happy. He's a guy who is infectious when he is uh, feeling good uh, in a clubhouse, on the diamond, or in a room. He can really light it up. And it was really kind of cool to see a guy that I've known since he was 16 years old uh, walking around and feeling as good as he was yesterday. Yeah, Miguel, everyone's heard about Miguel Sano for a long time. As you just said, Chris, you've known him since he was 16. He's been in this organization his whole career. Uh, he was uh, always viewed as somebody who was going to be a big part of what this team was doing somewhere down the line. He's had he's faced some adversity. Anyone listening to this program knows that. He's he's gone through some ups and downs uh, on the field through injuries, dealing with some some challenges, but the talent has always been there. You know, it's immense. There's no question. I think he's continued in my time here over the last 3 years. He's really continued to put in more and more work and and cares very much about his teammates and winning. He always has, but now he recognizes what he needs to do to get there. How how can he become the best possible version? Version of himself. I think guys like Nelson Cruz and Marwin Gonzalez and others around him last year that helped him continue to grow and see what that looked like. I, 
would anticipate now, and I had this conversation with Miguel before we signed him in and said, listen, we expect to, we've always expected a lot out of you. Now we expect even more out of you because we've made this investment. And, uh, and, and certainly he understands that he recognizes that, and he's going to continue to work to become the best player he can be. And we're going to hear from Miguel Snow later on the twins hot stove show. And uh, spoiler alert, one of the things we talked about was playing other positions and, uh, and, and not just being buttoned down at third base. And now it looks like he certainly will have every opportunity to move to first. He was super excited about that. Uh, and, and as he said, he would catch if, if you asked him to catch. He just wants to be on the field. I can tell you right now, we'll ask him to do some things. Catching Not, might, might be a <laughs> I don't think they have big enough gear. <laughs> they can't possibly have big enough We're going to have to go uh, down to the Viking Stadium <laughs> and pick up some uh, some helmets and some pads that are a little different. He's, he's a big man. But I would say that um, – you know our view of our uh, of where guys can play. I think we've been we've made a, a lot of mention of this last couple of years. Flexibility is valuable. I, I think years ago in baseball there was a view you had to be a one position player to be uh, as effective or as viewed as an everyday player. There are players now that bounce around. I think of Ben Zobrist years ago, the first time he did it, and other players since that have done it. Marwin Gonzalez has made a career of being able Mark to go McLemore play anywhere. Mark McLemore back at those Seattle teams. No question. So I think that becomes a value add if you have the ability to play third base you can play some first base we showed I think we showed last year Rocco did such a great job of resting guys making sure they were ready to go uh, fully healthy at different times and, and we were able to sustain over the course of the year because we could move players around because we had the ability to play multiple positions and I would think that's a if you can maximize your 26 men on the roster and squeeze out every possible um, bit of, of, of uh, value out of every spot to make sure every player can go impact you you're going to be better off and that's our hope going forward. All right, Miguel Sano again, uh, three-year extension. There is a club option at the end of it uh, and a guy who is uh, excited to be part of that same core, that one-year international signing class, Polanco, Kepler, Sano, still together all these years later, and I think the Twins are pretty happy to see that group together. Uh, again, you can hear more of our conversation, bonus coverage, if you uh, download this uh, program wherever you pick up your Twins podcast. Other news quickly, and there's so much of it that we don't want this to get left behind. We had Mike Bell in studio last week, the new bench coach. A really impressive guy. Going to be fun to to have him a part of the Twins family. The staff is finally full, though, and it's Bob McClure who has been around the game a long, long time. Uh, in a day and age where you see a lot of young guys or you see guys with different and disparate backgrounds, a bit of a throwback, but certainly not uh, a guy stuck in his ways as far as the way he sees the game. He's a real, real treasure trove uh, of pitching and baseball information. Yeah, I, those two guys, you talk about both of them. Mike Bell, when, when I go through the process of, of trying to work through our lists of potential fits and coaches, I'm always calling references and people around the game. Uh, I don't believe you get a lot individually just out of the interview, just sitting in front of somebody for an hour and, and talking with them. You talk to the people they work with. You talk to the people that were around them, people who worked for them, and you really get the 360, 360-degree view of that person. Mike Bell could not have come more highly recommended from players, coaches, staff, everyone who's been around him. Obviously, he's a Bell, and you know, the legacy of the Bells in this game going to his, his brother and his father and his grandfather, and you know, people have been in this game forever. I, he's you better say his sister, it. too, since she's in, in a diner, might be listening. Yeah, no question, <laughs> no question. I mean, he's got family here in, in the Twin Cities. He's, uh, he's excited to be here. He's just going to be a great fit for our staff. And then uh, in Bob McClure, you just mentioned it. You know, I think what gets lost sometimes in some of the new ways of, of th- doing things in baseball is that 
I personally believe it's about the blend. It's about having people that have great ideas, new ideas that are open-minded, that are progressive. Uh, but some of that comes with a in a entirely different package. And I think when you think about our pitching group and Wes Johnson, our pitching coach, who is as progressive as they come and a very unique you know uh, background coming from college last year, you got someone like Colby Suggs, who was a former player who does a lot of work on our advanced side and helps kind of assist in the preparation side of things. You bring in someone like Bob McClure, who's got 20-plus years of coaching pitching, major league coaching experience as a pitching coach, uh, certainly more than 40 years in the game, who is uh, – he has an insatiable desire to get better and learn, and he and Wes connect so well. But he also brings a lot of on-field personal experience, both as a player and a coach, that now rounds out that triumvirate to some degree. And I'm just – I'm so excited about looking at that pitching group that we have and, and feel really fortunate that those two guys are on the staff. Other news and notes quickly, arbitration, everybody – reached except Jose Barrios. Uh, he's the only one outstanding? Yes, that's right. Uh, I think we got to, with with Sano's contract extension, that was the other one that was just outstanding as we work through the final details. Uh, Jose Barrios is the only one that, that remains. If we end up in an arbitration hearing, that's just part of the process. It's just part of the business. I've, we've been through it before with other players, uh, but feel confident we'll get to a good place with everybody. And finally, and sadly, the biggest news of all in the game is coming out of the commissioner's office, and he handed down the uh, the the ruling, as it were, in the we'll call it the Astros sign stealing scandal, but it certainly permeates beyond that. Uh, I know you can't say too much about that uh, either, uh, in terms of specifics. Uh, but I think we can all agree it's it's not a good look for the game, and it's certainly a sad thing more than anything else for the game. I, th- I think that that word you just used is kind of how I felt about it over the last couple of days. Um, just sadness, you know. There's a there's a lot of people in this game that work incredibly hard to go win every night to get better coaches, front office staff, and your hope is that you're always trying to find a competitive advantage, right? You're trying to be the better team on the field, but your hope is that everyone's doing it within the the guidelines and the rules that are that are outlined for you. And we're going to try and be the best version that we can be of the Minnesota Twins uh, and, and get out there and beat the other team. And But we're always going to stay within the rules, and we're always going to stay within the guidelines of the rules. And uh, I think clearly over the last few days uh, what came out was that that had not been followed across the board, and the commissioner handed down some some pretty stiff penalties. And uh, I think at this, uh, this moment now we're talking about how do we move forward and how do we make sure that we continue to play this game that we all love, that we all want to be around, that we do it uh, as respectfully as possible to all the other clubs in the game. And I, I know that's something where we focus ourselves on. Is it also something that it has to be a learning situation? And when you gather your staff, and, and there was a line in there about the culture, um, what Rob Manfred deemed a corrosive culture in the baseball operations department, and he talked about getting very insular and getting uh, you know very too caught up in exactly what you're talking about trying to find an edge is that maybe something you pluck out when you have your whole crew together say hey we we need to make sure this doesn't happen to us because anybody who stares through the same microscope for too long can get sucked into that little world. Yeah, and it is a danger. I, no doubt, and I think you know certainly um, the insular piece. You know, obviously, don't I didn't work with the Houston Astros, and I don't know the inner workings necessarily. I've read that as well. My view of that, just from a Twins perspective, is that we always need to hold ourselves to a really high standard. You know, we have to go out and compete and do everything we do, but we have to make sure we're reminding everybody that that's the standard. You when you put the Twins jersey on, or when you walk through the door and you've got the TC on your shirt, and you're working in our front office, or you're a coach, or you're part of this, you reflect 
respect uh, everything the Polad family values, and and that's important to me personally, and it's certainly important to Rocco and to Thad and to everyone within our group, and and we know that. So I think that that's uh, that's always going to be part of our conversation. Let's do this the right way. Let's always do it the right way, and that our focus is going to be on us. We can't control what the other 29 clubs do, but I can tell you that's that's our message to our players. Hi, that's Derek Falvey. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer. We do have Miguel Sano along the way. We'll also have our contest winner and our question in the What's Brewing competition for the week to come. It's coming up on your home for Twins Baseball. Two on, one out as Sano launches high and deep to left center. Back it goes! Deep it goes! Third deck and gone! A major league record in 2019. Five Twins with 30 homers or more and one away to set a new record. Well, welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Uh, whether you're joining us live across our network via Facebook Live or you're podcasting us, and we are excited for a lot of reasons today. Miguel Sano joins us here in studio, and it's always great to see you, Miguel, but also congratulations in order. Uh, you can't get that smile off your face. I'm feeling pretty good about the new, the new contract that's going to keep you here in Minnesota for a while. Thank you, thank you. So happy to be here. And it's obviously great news for the Twins as well, knowing that you're going to be in the middle of that lineup for the uh, next several years. Uh, talk a little bit about how you got to this point, though. Off-season-wise for you, you're finally healthy. You went into an off-season fully healthy and just able to concentrate on baseball skills as opposed to having to rehab anything. That had to be a great way to spend an off-season as opposed to what you've dealt with the last couple of years. I'm you know, uh, so really happy about the moment and the time here. And uh, off-season, I just be working hard and try to get in shape and try to put my muscles stronger for the whole season because my goal for this year is play every game. You know, something in a while we take a day off, but the most I play, the better number I can put on the board. And uh, the sooner the season's d- done, last year I go back to Dominica, it's still working. Well, and obviously this club has a, a great Dominican flavor to it with Nelson Cruz, with Jorge Polanco, with yourself. Uh, a big part of the clubhouse culture here as well. When you're working out in the off season, do you see any of your teammates at all over the course of the winter? Yeah, I saw Polanco a couple times this year. I don't saw Nelly, but that routine I've been doing, they say Nelly teach me last year during the season. And uh, I got the same program for last year, and uh, we've been doing those kind of stuff. And uh, Polanco, I saw like working like few times. He got problem in uh, ankle, I think, so on the foot. But, you know, I hope he getting better, ready for the season start. Well, you talked about numbers, and if you're healthy, whenever you've been healthy, you've put up monster numbers. And you were a big part of a home run record last year for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, obviously, the power has been there. Is there any other part of your game specifically that you're trying to add to in the coming season? My goal for this year, I, I want to be healthy. Because last year I told to my family and I told them, like, if I can be healthy this year, I can put good number on the board. I just play like three months and you see what happens. And if I can be healthy the whole year and play the whole season, we never know can, what can happen. Well, you look great. So obviously whatever you're working on in the off season has gone well at this point in time. Uh, have you gotten into the Nelson Cruz nap routine yet? Is that going to be part of your uh, of your preparation? Yeah, 
There's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, I think we could all... Elvis? Elvis is here. You you, you could take he a nap. Do, he, he walked with us a couple of times last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of cuddled up in the nap room there, get yeah. Elvis in there. He get a little bit muscle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing because uh, the baseball season is just around the corner. I feel like we just left uh, Target Field, and yet uh, things are about to heat up again. Based on the success last year that this team had, but then coming up short in the postseason, how excited are you to get back to work, Miguel, for 2020? I can't wait for that. I want to see that time and the play, the game starts, been training the season, and then we made the postseason last year, and uh, I think so we got more chance this year. We got more experience. You know, we play a few games in the playoff, and uh, I think so this year everything be different. So we do good last year. This year we need to do better than that. Do you think you guys will have that collective expectation level from day one this year? Like, hey, we know we're good. We're here to prove that we can be great. The expectation for me this year, just play the game. Play the game and do the little thing and we win. I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. Miguel Sano is our guest here in studio. Again, it's the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And when you say play the game, we say DH a little bit, but not too much. You play a ton of third. You've played first in the past. Do you care where you line up as long as you're in the lineup? Um, I'll tell you the truth. I don't care what I play, but I don't like to play DH. You get a little, little bored of that? Yeah. That's, I don't want to say lazy, but I don't like DH. I prefer to play in the field. If I need to catch her, I do it. I don't but, think we got catcher's gear big enough for you. Uh we see when the run is coming. <laughs> hmm. uh, you mentioned DH, and it's funny because some people, obviously Nelson is the great example, or Jim Tomey, they're so good and so precise with their routine. But I think a lot of players I've heard from, like you, yourself, they have a struggle trying to occupy themselves between those forward pads tonight. You know what's the problem with DH? Those guys, he got different age. They got 38. 40, <laughs> 39, I'm just 26, you know, and I remember when I'm 22, I play um, DH, and that's, that's not fun for my body. My body is a kind of body like I like still running, you know, and do some more from the field. You also like to talk to everybody. If you're at third base, you're talking to the other dugout, you're talking to the third base coach, yeah. you're talking to base I runners. love the game. I yeah. love the game. It's a social thing too, right? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, this last year, obviously, it got off to the slow start with the injury, and then once you joined the fray, it never slowed down. Um, what was it like being part of a lineup that was so dangerous, one through nine? Had you been part of a lineup like that before that could hurt you in so many ways? So, pero, like I said, ¿alguna vez has sido parte de una alineación tan poderosa como esa, como la que tuvimos el año pasado? Nunca he sido parte, pero lo que le quise ha dicho es, que tú sabes que yo bate 8, bate 7, bate 6, bate 5, bate 2, bate 3, bate 1. Y que, sabes, eso era una emoción tan fuerte que no me sabía aguantar yo mismo. So, never, never before been part of a lineup like that, powerful lineup like that. But uh, uh, the manager put me in different spots in the lineup from 1 through 8. And the emotions were so strong, everything that we were doing, that I couldn't con contain myself. Yeah, and it was a fun lineup to watch. Now, is there... Uh, a concern that after last year, everyone's just going to be trying to hit home runs, uh, and and you have to remind yourselves just to be yourselves at the plate and let the power come. 
¿Tú crees que hay una preocupación ahora, como dimos tantos honrones el año pasado, que este año todo el mundo va a venir con esa mentalidad de los honrones? ¿O tú crees que el equipo va a estar colectivamente tranquilo y esperando que los honrones vengan solos? No, fue como dije, lo que hay que jugar el juego. Porque si nos ponemos la mente, es como yo dije, nosotros fuimos, hicimos bien, pero también tenemos que hacer mejor. Uh, like I said before, it's, uh, you know, concentrate and uh, just play the game. Uh, when you play the game, things will happen and good things will come along. When do you start swinging during the winter? Uh, I start swinging enero 3. January 3rd. So right after the new year, so you're you're in your swinging routine, uh, and obviously you're you're here now. You you went through the physical, you got the contract signed. We saw with Jorge and Max last year, they said the same thing. It was just nice relief. I don't have to worry about where I'm going to be playing. I've got the deal done, and I can just play. Is that how you feel now that you've got this thing signed? que como pasó con, con Max y con Jorge el año pasado, que firmaron una extensión antes de que empezara la temporada. Este año para ti se siente como que es un... te sientes más relajado sabiendo que ya tienes un contrato asegurado por varios años y que vas a jugar tranquilo. ¿Cómo te digo? Eh, algo es muy lindo, o sea, asegurar el futuro y eso. Pero también, como te digo, uno, uno juega más relajado y cosas. Pero eso no es el punto. El punto es que tú sabes que uno... Tener la mentalidad de que quiero jugar pelota. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good and it's beautiful to know that your future is secure in some, a certain level. Um, but like I said before, that might not be the point. Uh, the point is, you know, to be able to do this uh, moving forward, just do what you love. And you get to do it with a group of teammates that you've grown up with, quite literally since you were teenagers together. I would think that makes it even more special that the core of you whether it's Eddie and Max and Jorge and Byron yeah. uh, Jose even Taylor Rogers you know joined you guys low minor leagues like you guys have been together a long Two, time three, yeah does that make it even more special para mí sí yo creo que sí que es especial porque jugamos de la rookie juntos y estamos en grande liga y ya hemos tenido varios años juntos en grande liga y esperamos Tener una carrera junto y terminar junto la carrera de béisbol. Yeah, uh, definitely special. For me it is. Um, we've been together since uh, rookie level and uh, we've grown up together through all the affiliates and now we're in the big leagues. And uh, we've gone through a lot of things together and uh, it'll be a, a beautiful thing to end up our careers together as well. Yeah, that's very well said. Now, new hitting coach this year. Now, obviously not all of it will be different, but... Uh, Varela, Edgar Varela will be part now of the big league staff as well. He's a guy you probably have known through the years. Um, and your relationship with him uh, in the past and moving forward, are you excited for that? Yeah, I'm excited for, for him because he got a good job being the big league part of the team. And I remember him when I missed into the um, in Dominican. First time when he worked with a infield coordinator. Well, you know, that's a great moment, great chance to be part of the team and be a hitting coach. I asked him if he'd have better taste in music than J-Ro, but he said he wasn't sure. Wait, what do you think? He asked him if he had better taste in music than J-Ro, and he said he didn't know. He's a Mexico. Miguel Sano is our guest, and we're very pleased to be part of what's a, a great week for Miguel and his entire family here. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And speaking of Killebrew Root Beer, Let's award our Killebrew Root Beer prize pack to the winner of last week's What's Brewing competition. Now, 
The uh, question turned out to be timely, waiting for a word from the commissioner's office in terms of what the punishment would be for the Astros in the sign-stealing scandal. We asked you what that punishment should be, and Wooly Woolhouse gave us what we thought was certainly an interesting and out-of-the-box idea. In fact, uh, almost uh, into the batter's box, but uh, already down in the count idea. He said the Red Sox and Astros should all play at a disadvantage this year, that every time they start a half inning on offense, their leadoff hitter should start with an 0-1 count. Well, that's obviously not going to happen, but Wooly, we appreciate the fact that you're out there thinking up new ideas, and Wooly Woolhouse is going to win our What's Brewing competition, and Wooly wins a Killebrew Root Beer prize pack. Now, you can win a Killebrew Root Beer prize pack with a much more fun and not nearly as sad question this week with Josh Donaldson headed for the Minnesota Twins on a four-year deal. Well, it's quite a potent lineup as Miguel Snow slides over to first base. In what order? Would you bat the Minnesota Twins? If you think about this lineup, in what order would you bat them? Hashtag Twins Radio. At Twins Radio is how you play our What's Brewing competition. Again, at Twins Radio. And the hashtag Twins Radio. Give us your 2020 Twins ideal batting order and why. And you could win a Killebrew prize pack right now we'll take a break come back and play three cuts with miguel sano on your home for twins baseball welcome back to the twins hot stove show miguel sano in studio elvis martinez here as well always good to see elvis good uh, to see you too and uh well thank you let's do three cuts uh three cuts is is our way of wrapping up every show where we just lob up three easy questions uh that aren't necessarily baseball related and get your take on it now i believe miguel did you check out the timberwolves last night yeah yeah i saw the t-wolves a lot of people speculate that if you weren't playing baseball, you look like a prototypical NFL player with your big, strong body. But if you weren't playing baseball, what's your what's your next favorite sport? What would you be doing? Basketball. Basketball. Could you hoop it up? Um, I'm not a good shooter, but dunk. He can dunk the ball. Yeah, can, yeah. I bet you could rebound too. I could. I don't know. You and Nelson Cruz in the same front line. I, I feel like <laughs> feel like you'd be gobbling up some rebounds. All right, basketball. How was the game? Enjoy it. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I live in like in the third quarter, but I don't know who went last night. Yeah, I'm not sure how it turned out, but I I imagine the energy and just the, yeah. the social aspect too. I mean, that's right in your wheelhouse. I, right? love, I love basketball. Basketball is good. All right, now I getting back to go more to the game. Getting back to the baseball part of it, you've hit a lot of home runs and big, memorable home runs. And this is a question we get sent in all the time for a lot of players, and it's perfect for you. Do you have a favorite home run that you've hit? A most memorable one? I got to. Lay it on us. The walk-off. And now the old one to swing and a drive. Center field and deep. Going back is Acuna. He will turn. Gone! A walk-off for Sano. And the Twins win it 5-3. to three. Uh, That day I remember when uh, Rocco told me, you're ready for the walk-off. Third inning. And I beat the whole game. The kid talking to Rudy and hitting. So then let me get ready for hitting and slider and see how far they can go. And then uh, 17, Charlton told me, hey, you ready? I said, hey, don't ask him. And then uh, 18, they, uh, Rocco go this and told me, hey, come here. You probably going to 19. And here when you find somebody in the base, say, okay, let's do it. I'm ready. And I told Rudy, Rudy, what's that? I'm going to hit a homer straight to the middle. I'm going to hit the, uh, do the, the logo, the twin sign. Yep. I'm going to hit it over. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> <That day>. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy that day. And the second one was my first grand slam in Cleveland. 
A swing and a drive, left field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes. Grand slam, Sano! Take your time, big man, routing the bases in Ohio. The Twins have the lead on their second Grand Slam all year. Miguel Sano gives the Twins a 9-5 lead as Progressive Field is silenced. I remember uh, your Kansas City home run is one I'll always remember in Kansas City. Oh, wow. Extra innings, that's one that I'll that sticks in my brain as well. And one I hate 2017, like 5-1. You know the minibar? Yep. Remember? In my family. Yep. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that one. All right, final question for Miguel Sano. Uh, if you had to pitch to your teammates, any of your teammates, who would you most like want to face? Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. And what yeah. would you throw him? Heat? Uh, change his slider away. <laughs> 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 he got the same problem what I have. He never hit those kind of pitch. <laughs> if it was easy to get him out, though, he wouldn't yeah. be putting up the numbers he's put out for the last yeah. 15 years. So, all right, so you'd throw him change-ups and sliders away. Yeah, That's away. pretty good strategy, Miguel. Miguel, great to see you. Elvis, great to see you, obviously, as well. Congratulations, Miguel. We can't wait to see you in uniform on day one. Thank you. Our thanks to Miguel Sano. Also, our thanks to Derek Falvey for joining us here in studio. Even though he couldn't necessarily talk about everything he wanted to talk about, did a great job joining us here in studio on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Appreciate having you alongside as well. Remember, next week, well, next week, it's going to come smack dab in the middle of Caravan Week. So a unique show on the way, and we'll join you then right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of a Treasure Island Baseball Network.